Let's go, y'all. So I had this chat GPT write me an intro. What is chat GPT? Jesus. Oh, <laughs> uh, where's the party? Right here! From the fiery depths of a volcano to the glowing embers of a campfire, the burning passion of young love. It's all things hot. Grab a fire extinguisher and join us as we talk about the hottest plays and burn through bankrolls on another episode of Dumpster Fire Sports. That was something. Well, I combined two. Could have been better. I should have prepared a little bit more, but... Nah, who needs that? Not bad. Not bad. All right. Uh, Fantasy playoffs are on for season-long players that made fantasy playoffs. Unfortunately, only one of us on this episode did so. So we're talking DFS. We're sticking to... Is it 15 already? It's week 15. Week 15. Daily fantasy sports with your favorite Lodo Bros. Dumpster Fire Sports Podcast. So Captain Caterpillar... The guy that plays so many parlays and so many legs in his favorite parlays that uh, we call him Captain Caterpillar. Uh, Brandon is uh, not here, so it's just JK in Casey, Mr. Joe and I to walk you through the Week 15 plays, which should be interesting. Um, Joe, do you want to go ahead and uh, real quick lay out the injuries that prevented you from uh, making the playoffs in your season long. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Ready? Uh, we had we had Dak Prescott go down early. We had uh, Jonathan Taylor go down mid season. We had DeAndre Swift go down mid season. We had Javante Williams go down mid season. Uh, Kyle Pitts went down. Um, I mean, that wasn't that big of a loss. Listen, man, when you draft him as high as I did, it was still a loss. Uh, man, T Higgins has missed a few weeks. Freaking DK Metcalf missed a couple weeks. Yep. Brutal, man. I, I just somehow. DK I guess did it's not just miss a luck. Weeks. He just crapped the bed a couple weeks. I <laughs> guess uh, it's just luck that I ended up uh, in the playoffs in sixty percent of my leagues. Listen, I just didn't get bit by the. Is it more embarrassing to lose to the guy that is zero thirteen, or to be the guy that is zero thirteen? That's what that's what I need the people to oh, tell us. Oh, it's definitely right the guy that's zero thirteen because, dude, I was looking past you. It happens. Much like the Vikings were looking past the Lions last week. Much like the Cowboys almost got nipped after looking past Houston last week. Right? It happens to the best of us. So you got me. And maybe it was a bro being a bro and let you, let you catch it up. I don't think that was it. I don't think that was it at all. Right? I don't even know I was, that I set a lineup. I was, I was shooting for perfect and you ruined it for me. So thanks for that. Well... Uh, maybe next year, buddy. Maybe next year. And you still got uh, DraftKings and DFS plays to ruin your weekend, so that's fun as well. Uh, this week, a unique week, non-holiday extra slate, though, for us. Let's talk Saturday's slate. Um, three games on the Saturday slate this week in uh, on DraftKings. We're going to talk essentially single or three-entry max tournaments. Wait, why? Um, you don't want to. You don't want a twenty-entry max everything this week. I'm gonna. What happened? But not on a three-entry slate. Oh come on! This is the slate not to do a, it on. Why is it? Yeah, you have less people to try and cover. Go on. You have you have a better chance of getting the combinations right when there's less people for you to throw into lineups. Right? I mean, like, 
Go on. <laughs> okay, I'm sold. Um, yes, we're going to 20 entry max. Wow. A $3 tournament. But let's break down what these plays might be. Let me get my notes up here because Joe is about to drop some gold like he's living under a bridge. Do trolls live under a bridge? Not that do you're a troll. Have, first of all, do trolls have gold? I don't know. Do they? I think you're thinking of leprechauns and they're at the end of the rainbow. What drops gold? Doesn't some of the, don't like trolls have coins or something? I don't know. I, my kids too. Like, okay. I feel like you should know this better than me. You've been okay, through that stage. I, all right. Well, all right. Let's uh, move past that. But <laughs> I feel like you're going to drop some gold. I'm going to break out some notes. We're going to build some lineups. Let's talk the three day, uh, three game Saturday slate Colts Vikings um, with the highest total on the slate. Um, and what looks to be the closest, well, not quite the closest spread. Uh, Colts, Vikings, Vikings, a four point favorite. Ravens, Browns, uh, Browns are a 2.5 favorite. And the Dolphins versus the Bills in what's supposed to be super snowy uh, weather game. Um, Bills actually a seven point favorite, which I think makes that game s- kind of interesting. Um, Joe, instead of position by. Why would I mix it up? I was thinking about going game by game. Should we still just go stacks and then position by position? Maybe. Or what are you looking at on this three-game slate? What, which way do you prefer to go? I mean, I, I'm just trying to I'm trying to get different in a couple places and then not, not necessarily go chalky the rest of the way, but I, I'm just trying to get different enough that I still feel comfortable with the lineup that I got, but not go too far out there. If that I makes gotta sense. tell you. Um, just now, yeah. I think the ETR um, projections dropped an hour ago. I just ran the opto, and it has one play from the Baltimore-Cleveland game, and that's the Browns' defense against Baltimore. Really? Everything else is Indy, Minneapolis, Cousins, Cook, Taylor, Thielen, Pittman, Davis from Buffalo, Hawkinson, Mostert. Um, so that seems kind of wild to me. Um, I think that's the way most people are going to go though. Like I I think most people are going to go to the highest scoring game. Um, and I, I mean, it's not bad to go there. I think you just get different going there by going, as, as gross as it is to say, I think you go with Matt Ryan as your quarterback in that game. Okay. Mm. Um, I mean, I think Kirk Cousins is going to be highly on this weekend. Uh, even though he's not necessarily the biggest name, he's, he's six K he's mm-hmm. 2,300 less than Josh Allen. I mean, I, I so, think, I think Kirk Cousins will be highly owned because of his price tag and because he's in the highest scoring game. Um, couple things here. Um, I'm looking at one, maybe fading that game. Um, the Colts, Vikings, there's a lot of mouths to feed, and they seem to spread it out a lot. Dalvin Cook hasn't been great. I don't mind Justin Jefferson just because he's um, by far the highest projected, um, and you don't want him to blow up and then just get left in the dust. Two thoughts on this slate. Tell me what you think and tell me how wrong I am. One, I'm thinking about stacking the Dolphins 
versus the Bills. I don't think the Bills' defense has been as good as everybody thinks it is lately. I think the Dolphins have a short passing game that shouldn't be as affected by the weather as most people expect it to be. And if they're if, if they're as a seven-point dog, if they're really down by more than that, they're going to be trying to throw, trying to score. I can see them doing a bunch of wackiness by uh, giving Tyreek Hill into rounds, setting him up in the backfield, all sorts of stuff. Um, they are... Uh, they have the second lowest implied team total on the slate behind maybe Tyler Huntley and the Ravens. Um, and I just think it's weird that they're the Dolphins and and they have such a um, low implied team total. Those are my initial thoughts on building from this slate. Your response, please, Joe. I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. I'm not going to. It's a three-game slate. Like, anything could hit. The only thing I, I'm concerned about is Tua has played his entire career in warm weather. I guess they had the heaters out in the 50-degree weather in Los Angeles last week, so I can only imagine what he's doing in two feet yeah. of snow or whatever's going to happen up there in Buffalo. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's really my only concern going with Tua, but everybody says that it's less of the – the snow that's the issue and more of the wind. So if the, if the wind's not bad, I mean, they're, it's not like they're going to just leave two feet of snow out there. I mean, okay, they're going to clear off the field. So I, I'm not too afraid to go to her, but right. he's just not my favorite being the second highest guy on the slate. Okay. That's fair. What about the guy that I've played two weeks in a row and he's um, exposed me in my lineups, if you will, Deshaun Watson, um, bounced back a little bit after playing Houston against Cincinnati, actually had 17 points. He did throw for a touchdown. He uh, 42 attempts in that game. Now they lost. Somehow he throws the ball 42 times and they score 10 points. He has a touchdown and an interception. Yeah, that's, um, that's, I mean, that's not great, but I mean – It'd be nice if he could hit a hit a running back out of the backfield once or twice. Like, I think Kareem Hunt was still getting those Steve Nash passes last week. But is that right? I think uh, because I was pairing him again. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't hate it. Deshaun Watson, I don't think is going to be highly owned, um, okay. because he's Deshaun Watson coming back off of all this, and everybody's watching throw bounce passes the last three weeks or two weeks. So. Right now, Kareem Hunt's touches um, were down. Last week, um, the week before, he had a l- 12 rushing attempts and targets combined against Cincinnati. Against Houston, he had 12. Against Cincinnati, he had um, eight total. Do you think Chubb is more in the mix against the Ravens? I mean, I think I think Chubb is always going to be the guy unless he goes unless he goes down for some reason. Um, so he, he would be the guy that I would prefer to play, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to get up to him. Um, I don't know if Kareem Hunt is getting enough of a workload to make me like want to jump on that bandwagon. Um, I if mean, Huntley, man, yeah. he's 4,300. I, I might be all in on Kareem Hunt. I take it all back. I apologize, really? Kareem Hunt. 4,300, like you can do whatever you want with a 4,300 running back. Okay, let's talk about the Baltimore 
quarterback situation. Huntley was out of the game with a concussion. Lamar is out. Who's quarterback in Baltimore? Man, I, I think they're still thinking Huntley's coming back, but... Okay. I mean, if not, is it Brown? Anthony Brown, who had five attempts against Pittsburgh with his longest pass, seven yards. I mean, you want to talk about doing whatever you want. 4900 at quarterback is uh, pretty cheap. Yeah, I mean, even even if it is Huntley, he's still stupid cheap. Yes. I mean, Matt Ryan's 5200 Yeah, I mean, there's that's why, man, like Josh Allen could do some ridiculous stuff this week and just completely break the slate, but these cheap guys are just so hard to get away from for me. Well, like, yeah, I mean, you're right. Look at Matt Ryan um, at 5,200 with over 30 attempts the last three weeks and 28 in week 10, 44, 58. That's ridiculous. 58 passing attempts against Jacksonville in week six. Yeah, I'm surprised that old man's arm didn't fall off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's going to be cheap. And it, it, I mean, how much of it is rolling the dice that the dude, you know, throws for more than one, two touchdowns? I mean, I don't think it is. Now, it's the interceptions on some level you want to fade. Last week, he had two touchdowns, 21 completions, 233 yards, three interceptions didn't help. Yeah, I mean... You could you could realistically on this small slate get different by playing Matt Ryan and the Vikings defense. Yes. Okay. I mean, I don't think many people are going to do that. Um, but I, I, as we saw last week, the Vikings are giving up the booty. Yes. Yes, and they're but they're the highest. They're the highest cost defense on the slate. And they got negative one fantasy point. I honestly, I swear to you, I didn't know that was possible on DraftKings. I thought it was like zero. No, they've got negative points twice out of their last four games. Yeah, as a person that has uh, multiple times pulled the negative card on defense, knew it was possible. I really didn't. Um, So they took negative one versus... Why would you play them? They're the highest... Because you think, oh, because you think Matt Ryan's that bad. Yeah. I mean, that maybe he can still score 15 while the Vikings also snag maybe a couple interceptions and get you 10. Yeah. I mean, Matt Ryan at 5,200 gets you to 20 and Josh Allen doesn't get you to 40. Like you, the better play is, Kirk, or is uh, Matt Ryan because you're able to spend up at other places. Okay. So then, um, let me ask you this is if you're playing Matt Ryan fading Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, hoping he falls or fails, right? Because he's going to be one of the higher, higher owned guys. So you go Matt Ryan Vikings defense, expect them to be throwing the ball all over the place and, and take your Ashland Doolin and Paris Campbell to the bank or what? I mean, I think, I think this is one of those weeks, especially on these smaller slates, that you can overstack a team and still be okay. Like, my my biggest hit this season was when I overstacked the Seahawks. I had quarterback, both receivers, and a running back. I think you could genuinely do that with this slate and be okay. I don't think... But 
I mean, yes, you're obviously giving up some points, but it's a three-game slate. If that team is the team that goes for 40 and nobody else does, you could be taking home all the money. Yeah, but, dude, out of the teams on this slate, the Vikings, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Colts are going to put up 40? I mean, look what the Lions did last week. I mean, I know their offense yeah, has been the doing Lions something. Yeah, the Lions are good, dude. They're not, the Lions, they're not, like, great, but they put up 34 on the Vikings like it was nothing. Well, the Lions are good. Come on. Um, let's see. Matt Matt Ryan and the the Colts' highest point total this season so far, 34 against Jacksonville. They've struggled to get above 20. Vegas, they did 25. That's the only time. A couple 20s in there. But they put up a goose egg. I guess my point is, yes, I love getting different with completely stacking one team. Is the Colts? That T? Listen, I'm not saying it's great. I'm not saying it's something that I really want to do. I'm just saying it's different and it's a way to get different for you to possibly be up top alone instead of running the train with 75 of your best friends up to like 100th place. Did you just say running a train with 75 <laughs> of your best friends? Listen, it's a good train. Nice and long. <laughs> Do you have that many friends? No, I have about four. Um, um, am I one of them? Maybe. Wow. Um, any other plays that you specifically want to talk about on this slate? I mean, on some level, the plays are what they are, unless you got like a sure field from Miami, right? Unless you have something up your sleeve like that. He got four targets last week. Um, do we go through and look for the Miami receivers that played – college in some cold weather i don't think it so matters as much as at receiver um okay i mean we do know josh allen played at wyoming so he's been playing in cold weather for a good long while yeah so i mean i mean maybe that's the stack and but it's gonna be really costly to be able to get up to that stack right i mean no that's true him and Diggs, just those two together is 1600 or sixteen thousand four hundred a year salary like there goes a quarter of it real quick. Is Amari Cooper hurt? Non-participant in Wednesday's practice. He has a hip issue. <laughs> I like the issue better. Issue. He's got, <laughs> he got himself a little issue. Sorry about your issue, buddy. Um. So what do you think if he's out? Do they even throw the ball at all? Yeah, they're still I mean, throwing. I mean, Donovan Peoples Jones. Yeah, I'm going. If if Cooper is out by the time Saturday rolls around, I'm going Peoples Jones, who stepped up big time, had 12, 12 targets last week. You can go in Joku at tight end, and then you can still go Kareem Hunt and run it all in there. I mean, there's two really cheap running backs on the slate. Kareem Hunt is obviously the uh, one that is a little more iffy, but. Man, J.K. Dobbins got came back from the IR and got all of the work, it seemed like, last week. 15 carries for yeah. 120 yards. Um, I mean, I, I guess I don't know for sure. Never mind. Gus Edwards got a crap load of work, too. But, I mean, they're both under 5,200. So pick your favorite one. Maybe make a couple lineups. Mr. Uh, 20 Entry Max over here, you can uh, <laughs> swap them in yeah. and out of a few. I mean, I really could. I mean, oof, what a mess, man. I don't know. It just feels it's 
Not that I'm good on regular, normal, big slates, but this one feels tough just because not only do you have to get different, you have to get really different, like showdown different almost. You know what I mean? I mean, or you could play, like, if you play the one random guy that freaking scores a touchdown, yes. then nobody else is on. Like, if you play James Cook again this week and he scores a touchdown at 4,800 or he gets to, like, 16 points and nobody else has him, you're freaking golden. Right. If you play uh, Isaiah McKenzie as the third receiver and he gets in the end zone, you're you're looking good. But it's just picking out that one random guy that's gonna. I mean, put you over the top. Are we talking? I mean, I don't exactly know what you're saying, but it kind of sounds like a double tight end week. <laughs> because it it sounds a little like you're saying that though. I mean, who are you wanting to go double tight end with? Dawson Knox and Mark Andrews. Gross. Why? I mean, if you're going to you like do Mark it, Andrews, if you're going, he hasn't done anything since freaking Lamar. Carolina. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. He had six targets last week. And I always assume. Two balls. <laughs> yeah, I know they probably weren't good passes, but I always assume that um, with backup quarterbacks, right? They're going to throw to the tight end, safer, easier passes is my one angle there um and then Dawson Knox if weather is an issue I mean the dude had seven targets last week he had 14 points four catches and a touchdown the thing is like you said there's so many cheap plays do you even need to do that right I I don't think that like normally on a double tight end week it's like a I'm taking a min price tight end or like a 3k tight end so I can get also up to Kelsey or something like that. But I mean, these guys are like, it's none of these guys are premium tight ends. That Mark Andrews? To, not with How their quarterback. No, listen, Mark Andrews is great, but like with Huntley or <laughs> this Brown kid back there, I don't want any part of it. Okay. That's fair. All right. That's fair. So um, to wrap up for my notes, uh, go ahead one more time with your, his shoes <laughs> play the best plays and win a lot of money. Okay. All right, sounds good. Let's move on to the uh, main slate. Now, first, let me pull up uh, the stochastic.com. This guy, by the way, dropping you names know, like nobody's business over here. Listen, I was just about to drop another one. Did you see my article for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network? I did the yeah, Monday night Monday. one. I yeah. nailed it, dude. Well, I, a lot of injuries. I mean, out, a lot of injuries, but I got the spread, the money line, and the total all correct. Now, I would have been okay on my props. Some of them, like the one big guy I said in that article was Hunter Henry to score anytime touchdown. And I kind of took a bad beat there when he catches a pass and falls down the three yard line. So I mean, that kind of harsh my buzz. I mean, you bet on Hunter Henry. Like, I feel like, was it a bad beat or did you bet on a dud? <laughs> well, it was a long shot. If I'm going to play a parlay, I'm playing to make money. You know what I mean? Baby Caterpillar. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, Caterpillar Jr. over here. So let's look at uh, what Stochastic has 
the top stacks of the main slate right now um, with the highest rating. This kind of surprised me, uh, Kansas City Chiefs versus Houston, mostly just because that game, um, according to Vegas, is supposed to be super lopsided, like a uh, Kansas City more than a 14-point favorite right now. Problem is with that rating and the top stack, um, they project – Right now, Pat Mahomes being owned at about 15%, and that's a lot on this main slate. So I don't know that I love going there. Um, Tennessee, as I understand it, is a pass funnel. So the Chargers rate as the second currently highest stack with their quarterback uh, under 10% owned. So I can see the Chargers needing to throw the ball a lot. So that might not be a bad option. And New Orleans is the third stack against Atlanta. Only 4.5% ownership. But I've sworn off stacking New Orleans because of Taysom Hill. Um, New Jersey and Detroit looks like an interesting game. Um, favorite stacks, Joe? Is there any specific stacks that you might be thinking about that others might not be? I mean, I'm... This is a, this is an expensive stack, but I, I've been liking the Philly stack lately. And yes, last time we saw we saw Chicago, they were uh, giving up a lot of points. So um, I don't hate going either receiver there in Philly, and then obviously going Jalen Hurts, who has the ability to run one in from basically anywhere on the field, and uh, yeah, still checking the ball all over. Dude, the guy just so far this season hasn't missed. Um, I have him in the uh, season-long league that I won outright um, against Ben Heisler and a bunch of other, uh, you know, mid-size dough bros. You know, not complete low dough bros. But uh, 30, 37, 32, 25, 22, 21, 28. He did take a 16, but he's also had a 37 in there. The guy's just on one right now and they're playing great um so yeah i don't i don't mind going jalen hurts either any cheap stacks uh, i mean would you consider the jets mike white or who's ever under center um against detroit yeah i mean, I mean zach wilson I, if it's zach wilson another- I, hard pass <laughs> <laughs> but mike white okay mike white possibly but i'm I'm honestly so worried that he takes a hit and he's done for the game. Like, yeah, he gutted it out last game, but, like, he went to the hospital directly after the game. So who's to say that that man's staying in after he gets hit again? What about Desmond Ritter? I think my guess is he'll be over-owned because people, you know, like a new quarterback and want to take a shot. Desmond Ritter starting in Atlanta versus New Orleans. Um, Now, they do have – a chance to play, to make the playoffs. Uh, We know that they like to run the ball no matter what. Down by 14, we've seen them running the ball and not putting it up in the air. Is Um, that because of Mariota, though? Well, I mean, right. But why change up? A losing strategy? They're not losing, though. That's the thing. They're on the edge of making the playoffs. They stuck with that strategy. My point is, do you really think that Arthur Smith is going to come in there and all of a sudden – going to put this brand new rookie in there to slang it all over the place. I mean, I I don't know that he's going to come out here and throw the ball a hundred times this game, but 
if they get down, I think he's going to throw. I mean, the Falcons are five and eight. Like clearly, something's not working. Yeah, they got to change something. Whether it's the offensive game plan or whatever, I think they think that Desmond Ritter is a better quarterback, or he's the quarterback of the future for this team. So, might as well get him out there and let him sling it around. I don't hate a skinny stack with him in uh, Drake London, who I think is aggressively cheap this week. Is that right? I think so. Um, would you run it back when we're talking about running it back? Would you uh, consider, and this guy has not been great for me this season and season long, but would you consider, and I don't know how you couldn't, but running it back with Kamara? Yeah, I mean, Kamara's still getting plenty of work. Um, so I, I don't I hate mean, running it back. I don't know how he them, has. But. Dude, 12 attempts, three targets, 5.7 points. Right. I mean, he's not he's not ideally doing what we would like him to do, which is breaking off the big runs and all that good stuff. But, I mean, he's down to 6,800. We were paying 8K for this guy last year. Yeah, but last year on Christmas, the guy scored 17 touchdowns in a game. Right, right. right. I mean, and he we're still has that ability to go off. He can do it, point. but we yeah. haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, uh, the Chris Olave – or Taysom Hill. What's Taysom Hill listed at these days? He's at a quarterback. Yeah. So can't do that. No, um, miss me with it. Um, all right. So I do like that stack. Um, let's look. The highest team total by far is the Chiefs versus the Texans. Um, you know, you live in town. You pay attention. You listen to country stations and Chiefs <laughs> networks and stuff. Um, do the Chiefs keep the gas pedal down if they get up? on Houston by 14. Uh, man, I hope so cuz I'm tired of them letting off and letting teams back in, but I've seen them let off the gas so often that I just I I don't know that I believe it anymore. Like Okay, but what when they let off the gas, what does that mean? Does that mean just a metric shit ton of Isaiah Pacheco? I I don't know if it means that or if it just means we start running some stupid plays that don't seem to work. Um it seems like like we'll come out in the second half and we just have lost all of our rhythm as an offense and we no longer are making those 15-yard throws downfield. Now we're dinking and dunking and we're not getting first downs or three and out and that's not good for fantasy or real life, obviously. <laughs> um, I heard that. All right. So uh, let's move on. I guess we already talked about our favorite quarterbacks. Um, so let's go ahead and go to running backs. And while we're on that game, let's talk Chiefs. McKinnon had two touchdowns last week. Um, Pacheco, I guess, is technically the starter, right? He had 13 rush attempts, three targets for 12 points. So he's right around in those low teens fairly consistently. But McKinnon, nine targets, um, six rush attempts, two touchdowns. I can see a situation where he's still being used at that rate. And if they do take the foot off the gas, that he's still the guy like later in the game thinking, Oh, we'll take Pacheco out and then just give the ball to McKinnon a ton because we're ahead. And the dude ends up scoring a couple touchdowns again. Can you see that happening? Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that happening. I could also see it happening in reverse and McKinnon is the guy that they really want to be the guy, but they're trying to limit his work. Like, which one is it, Joe? Jesus. That's that's what I don't know. I mean, I think you're taking a you're kind of 
Why do I pay you to come on this podcast? I'm getting paid. <laughs> yeah, the checks in the mail. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, so it sounds like to me you're saying avoid the Kansas City backfield. Yeah, I mean, I, yes. I don't, I don't know that either one of these guys is gonna win or lose you anything. I mean, obviously they're decently cheap, but like a six thousand almost Isaiah Pacheco just doesn't do it for me. Like. He, he hasn't been a guy that's broken off super long runs that he's taken to the house or anything like that. He's not getting a ton of pass game work. Um, obviously, we saw McKinnon come in last week and steal most of the pass game work as a running back, but who's to say that we're going to have him in at all and catching the ball if we're up 14 or 20 or whatever it is? Like, okay. We might just be right. running into the back of the offensive line. It could be... Uh, Ronald Jones running into the back back of the offensive line for a quarter and a half. Um, so I'm looking at uh, ETR's projections right now, and this is interesting. We were just talking about Alvin Kamara. Um, he has a DK ceiling, according to them, of 27.5, projection right around 20, and the lowest running back ownership projection of the top five at 7.6 um fairly cheap so i think that makes him all of a sudden fairly interesting um which on some level makes that game kind of interesting um man he's just i feel like he's burnt me all season long um yeah i don't i don't know if atlanta is still the running back pass funnel that they used to be but we used to be playing a lot of running back against Atlanta, especially the ones that could catch passes because they gave it up to pass catching running backs. Like it was nothing. So if that's still the case, obviously Alvin Kamara could be a great play, especially if he's going to be as low owned as they think he is. I mean, under 10%, um, another interesting one with super low ownership, but a fairly high ceiling and a low price, Pierre strong jr. They have him at, um, a projection of twelve, ceiling of eighteen, ownership of three point one. I think I think he's going to catch a lot of steam late in the week because he's four K. As long as uh, Stevenson and uh, Harris are both out for New England, um, I mean any four K running back, I would be amazed if he was three percent or less. Uh, there's especially heavily involved. Yeah, I mean, and there's there are a couple other uh, cheap running backs uh this week obviously houston might have uh something similar going on whether you want to go uh, rex burkhead or the other backup down there um but their their main guy is uh questionable and might not be playing this week i mean i do like rex burkhead i hate to admit it you know i lived in lincoln for however long so that's gross i mean i know at 4600 though, that doesn't seem super cheap. I guess he's going up against Kansas City, but 4600 and sure, he's a starter, but ugh, I don't know. I, that's going to be it's going to be a tough click for me, I feel like. Yeah, I mean and the, the other thing there is Derek Gumbiwale, whatever however the heck you say his name. Yes. Could easily yes. be getting that those touches and then you're throwing away 4600 bucks. Um, Jalen Warren is right in that price range um, as well. Ingra, let's see, Chuba Hubbard is in that. Latavius Murray, who totally flopped last week. He had eight rushing attempts. 
um, and a total of six points, I thought he was my guy to lead me to the promised land, and he was not. Xavion Knight, he's going to have ownership, but 17 attempts, 15 points, 16 the week before, 13 the week before. At 5,300, seems like so much more of an appealing play than than Rex Burkhead. Yeah, I mean, we we know that they want to give Bam Knight the ball, so I I definitely don't hate going there, but Rex Burkhead is 700 cheaper than him and is going to get, most likely, is going to get the pass game work. So they dropped the ball out to him seven times. He's got seven points plus whatever he gets after that, and I'm sure they're going to give him at least a few rushing attempts. I mean... I don't think you're playing Rex Burkhead to get you 30. Mm-mm-mm. You're playing Rex Burkhead to get you hopefully 15 and get you to a better, higher-priced guy somewhere else. Right. Um, last one I'd like to mention, Cordell Patterson. If we are looking at a rookie quarterback, somebody should do the stats on this. Rookie quarterback, mid-game, first NFL start, um, pass rate over expectation. Get in there, buddy. I should, right? Yeah. It could be your next article. Uh, it, it really <laughs> – I always wonder about that. Like, how how different are running back attempts when a non-starter has their first start mid-season? Right. Is it just and on average, because obviously every case is unique and different. Some teams are like, we just run the ball. That's what we do. Yeah. And I'll bet with like a team like Kansas City, you wouldn't see a massive difference. Right. But is that the norm? Um, So on some level, though, Cordell Patterson's touches have been fairly steady. Right. Over the season. I got to think they'll still be about the same. He's not getting a ton of attempts. He was getting um, – he got five pass attempts versus Washington. He had targets, but zero last week. So I don't love that. Yeah. I mean – I don't know. Let me let me throw out one more name here. Yes, please. Travis Etienne. God, dude. Going up against the Dallas defense. Yes. He's kind of burned some people the last couple of weeks. Yeah. You think – Listen, I was I got burnt. I was sitting in that dumpster fire right there with you, buddy. Uh, but man, he his price just keeps dropping. This Jacksonville team looks like half decent. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is looking ten times better than he was last year. Uh, I mean, ETN could easily have a pretty good game this week. Six K. I don't know that a lot of people are trying to go there. Uh, I think most people are going to be paying down or paying all the way up at running back this week. So he's kind of in that middle tier that I don't know is going to get enough love. I Listen, I'm not disagreeing with you, but that sounds awful. What Your only argument was he's going up against Dallas and Jacksonville kind of looks good. <laughs> listen, he's he got 17 carries last week. He did nothing with them. But Average one point nine. To me, that that's, that's not a yeah, but that's not <laughs> that's not a that's not an ETN issue. That's either an offensive line issue or that's a game plan issue. Could be both. But yeah. I mean I mean, how do they score thirty six points? He gets zero targets and three point two fantasy points. I just don't think he's an important enough. I'd rather go down to um 
McKinnon. I think McKinnon has a higher ceiling and he's cheaper. I think Patterson has a higher ceiling and he's a little bit cheaper. Who's the I think who's, Leonard Fournette has a higher ceiling. Who's the main running back? Oh, Pierce. That's what I'm looking for. I mean, this past game against Dallas, Damian Pierce, obviously a different running back, like more of a power guy. 22 for 78 and a touchdown. Like Dallas isn't invincible. 22 for 78, not the best thing that you could ever have. But like this Dallas defense just got exposed by the Houston Texans. Like going to Jacksonville might not be the worst play that we can make. And but are you you're playing him because you think he'll be low owned as well? Yeah, I mean because I just think like I definitely. I mean it's definitely not the best play you can make, but I think with. His ownership and everybody seeing Dallas, and I think if you look at Dallas, it's got a nice red number by it. Um, so I'm not. Yeah, there. There's a nice red four right next to Travis Etienne's name. So, so I think that's going to scare everybody off. Thing. Before we move on on Travis Etienne, looking at um, ETR's projections, their ownership projection has him at. 20%. Right, third if highest. If he's anywhere near that, I don't want any part of it. Third highest on the slate. Yeah, you can miss me with Travis Etienne then. I take it all back. Okay, thank you. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I do love the, oh, he just burnt everybody, so that's a good way to go. But, I mean, I mean, dude. That's where that's where I was putting all of, all of that out there because I figured, oh, Travis Etienne's been absolute – trash but we yeah. obviously know he's a better running back than he's shown in the last couple of weeks uh-huh. while he's uh-huh. been fairly highly owned but yes i don't know apparently right. going down the wrong path well i mean everybody must be thinking that way i don't know 20 percent seems like a lot for a guy yeah. that had less than an actual fantasy point in the last couple of weeks so I don't know that I love that. Let's talk wide receivers. As we get closer to the end of the season, it's an interesting situation on the wide receiver front. Amon Ross St. Brown, massive ownership, but the dude produces going up against New Jersey to what were iffy teams that now really are looking at playoff potential and need wins. Detroit was one and six at one point, and now they're, Clearly, after beating Minnesota, looking at the playoffs, New Jersey, uh, same situation, but they're having quarterback issues. But Amon Ross St. Brown, Garrett Wilson from the same game has a very high ceiling, I feel like, for only a $6,000 wide receiver. Jamar Chase is a stud. Uh, Evidently, they've just moved away from T. Higgins. So, some interesting plays up at the top if you're talking price or ceiling from wide receiver on this main slate. Um, where are you looking, Joe? Who are you looking at? Who are you fading? I mean, it's so gross that you just named two wide receivers from the Jets and the Lions, <laughs> and like they've just been the chalkiest of chalk for the last like five weeks. Yes. And I have mentioned one that burned – the crap out of me last week, but, and I guess people aren't taking that into account anymore because he burned us all last week. And who knows if everybody's going back to him. You got the ownership on uh, Mr. Amon Ra. 
Yes. Uh, highest ownership on the slate, 25%. I mean, and, and we're going to pay, what, an extra grand for him this week almost? 7800 Yeah. I mean, he's finally getting up into that price range that you have to take a second look at it. Like, well, when he was, exactly. When he was in the 6Ks, it was just like a play him every week. Same with Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson was like 5K or 5300 or something last week. Yeah. Um, those guys have both been just smash plays the last month, but I don't know that they are anymore. Um, well, dude, let's look at the um, price-wise, the wide receivers on either side of St. Brown. You're talking about moving up for 200 bucks For A.J. Brown, whose ownership is 3.4, his ceiling, again, these ETR projections, one point less, and his overall projection, three point less. But we know A.J. Brown on a good team going up against Chicago. To me, that clearly seems like a better play right below him. DeAndre Hopkins. Colt McCoy is going to throw DeAndre Hopkins the ball going up against Denver. So going to be a slower game, but he's $100 less. His ownership, less than 5%. Listen, you, I had, mean, you had me with AJ Brown. I don't know if I can pull the trigger on D-Hop. <laughs> really? Yeah, that one, that one worries me a little bit. Why? Because it's Colt McCoy, and Colt McCoy doesn't. Like, he's he's not that throw-down-the-field guy, and D-Hop is that I'm going to go win – over. He, no, 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 not always. Now, if Mark Marquise Brown is back, yes. Hopkins has played some more of that slot receiver role, some of those shorter routes this season. I wish I could. Let me pull Let me see real quick if I can find um, his A dot um, for this season uh, because I think it's a little lower than it has been. Um, let's see. Duh, duh, duh. I don't why. Um, you know what I mean? Like, come on. Uh, okay. DeAndre games played air yards. Uh, they're not going to break it down for me. You sons of bitches. <laughs> yards, yards per reception, 11. So that doesn't seem like a massive run down the field guy. Right now, again, Marquise Brown has been out. So I think since Macar- Marquise Brown is back, Marquise Brown has taken more of those um, shorter targets. So yards per target. Last game, 7.36. This is for D-Hop. Um, 12 against Minnesota. 7, 7, 7, 14, and 7 again. But what if we look up Marquise Brown? What was, what was his... Uh... How many targets did he get last week? 11. Okay. Marquise Brown, um, yards per target, 7, 6, 8, 8, 7, 7, 5, 4. So, I mean, I hear you. He's missed a bunch of time. Um, D-Hop, though, this says uh, week 14, he had 11 targets, 7 receptions. Um, Yards per reception, 11 79 yards total. So, I mean, I, I don't hate D-Hop. Like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm with you. Like, we can argue who's going to eke out, but really, what's the difference between him and St. Brown from a projection ceiling standpoint? Yeah. Yeah, I not mean. That, not that different for $100 and a 20% ownership difference, right? Right. And, I mean, that's, that's just the – the GPP game like that that's a game you got to play every week to like is this guy and this chalk worth it 
to play him. Uh, sometimes it is when I'm in Ross St. Brown is 6,800 and he's supposed to go for 24 according to projections and he's above everybody else and obviously play that. But when he's not that like far and a half, far and away better projection wise and you're losing, like you can drop to the next guy or pay an extra couple hundred for a guy that's going to be under 5% owned, like do that all well, day. I think a lot of the problem, my guess is the reason people are off Hopkins and maybe that game in general is because the over-under there is like 35, by far one of the lowest total games on the slate. The The cards actually have the lowest implied team total on the slate. So I mean, that's but- the difference, I think, to a big degree, isn't it? Sure. I mean, but like even even if we play the same game with Garrett Wilson, like Garrett Wilson's supposed to be twenty one percent owned, we can pay another three hundred bucks. We're losing a point, and we're getting up to Mike Williams, who's going to be three point six percent owned. Like, yes, I'm I'm going to lose one point of projection, spend three hundred dollars more, and get eighteen percent different in ownership. And yeah, Mike Williams being a three point six percent guy is different enough in your lineup that you don't have to really get different a whole lot of other places. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, Mike Williams had six targets, six catches and a touchdown, 26 fantasy points. I mean, against Tennessee, who is a bit of a pass funnel, as I understand, as I listen to repeat or as I repeat stuff that other touts are saying, but at 3.6%, if his ownership is under five, you're sitting pretty yeah i mean if you're playing with a thousand people and that guy's ownership is 30 is 3.6 percent you got 36 people that have mike williams in their lineup right like that is getting you different enough that you don't have to like you could you don't want to chalk it out the rest of the way but you could you could take a few chalky pieces and be just fine right okay um let's see real quick some other uh um, some other wide receiver plays. I mean, what's the deal with T. Higgins? Are you um, pulling him out because everybody right got burned by him? Um, do you think that's a good play? I don't. I don't hate going T. Higgins. Um, my only concern is the exact same thing happening that happened last week because last week it was a he didn't have an injury designation or something didn't get put on the injury report or something along those lines and then he just didn't play so that's my concern um is that they're just going to keep him on a pitch count or something along those lines and we're not going to hear that information beforehand but knowing that he got zero last week because he was on my team uh (laughs) yeah it stung didn't it yeah i mean I, i think he's a fine play as long as we hear that he is good to go Right. If we can, uh, if we can trust that. Um, all right. Anybody else that you're looking at? I thought that T Higgins question was an interesting one. Um, let me throw something ridiculous out here. Okay, please. What about a Houston stack? (laughs) Okay, go on. So, I mean, you can just pay up everywhere. If you, if you take a Houston stack, (laughs) obviously you got, uh, you got Davis mills in there. Davis mills, much better quarterback than that turd they were throwing out there a few weeks ago. <laughs> Guy, who was that? Kyle Allen. Uh, listen, it's not it's not going to look pretty, but they're in the highest or they're going against the highest team total 
on the slate. So they're going to be throwing the ball around. They're going to be trying to keep up. You got Davis Mills for 5K. You got Chris Moore for, what, 4,200? 4,300, yeah. something like that. Nico Collins, also 42, 4,300. You run it back with Kelsey. <sighs> okay. Okay, I'm you picking got, up what you're putting you down. You got all the money in the world to buy whoever. Wow, so that then sounded bad. What you're... <laughs> So then what you're saying is, all right, go with the with the cheap Houston stack, run it back with Kelsey, and then just pick all alphas. Yeah. Like I'm talking, you know, well, I can't say Diggs or Jefferson because obviously they're not uh they're not on the slate, but you could go Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs. Right, and then a Houston stack with a Kelsey bringback. Yeah, go. What's the what's the Houston stack uh, percentage cost? at right now? No, the uh, cost is what thirteen hundred. The cost is fairly cheap. Like so, man. top stack though one point two percent. But I guess but if that's it's that one point two percent, that's that's what you want. I mean, yeah, we, we we don't really need them to be the top stack on the slate. We we just need them to be the top value, and we hit with the three guys that we pick. Okay, it's, they're not even close to top value either. Listen, you're kicking right. me in the balls right now. I don't need this. No, no, no. I mean, look, you're right. Lowest owned quarterback on the slate, right? Um, so you're good to go there. You're right. It's a shootout. Chris Moore actually has some ownership and a decent and projected ceiling um, if you go there. So let's look at the complete Houston stack, which I feel like you should have mentioned this in your uh, I know. in our I know. top stack. I failed. That's fine. So Chris Moore, ceiling of 22. Davis Mills, ceiling of 17, they say. Um, Philip Dorsett, ceiling of 15. Rex Burkhead, ceiling of 15. I mean, Jordan Akins, he's a name I've heard before, right? <laughs> Let's play him. <laughs> I've heard of this guy one time or maybe Dude, twice. Dude, you want to go Amari Rogers, right? Um, he's coming in at 3,200. If we're talking about playing a GPP and trying to get lucky, the dude had a touchdown. He also had a rushing attempt, and you know how I feel about wide receivers to get rushing attempts. They want to get them the ball. He had five targets. He had 16 points. Dude, if he does that again, if he gets 10, he's triple his salary. Listen, if I, like, I just, so I just put this together. Uh, Davis Mills, Chris Moore, Nico Collins, Travis Kelsey, Broncos defense against backup. You got yep. you got sixty five hundred per position for two running backs, a wide receiver, and a flex. If you take anyone that's even remotely cheap and throw them in there, you have three just absolute studs that are going into your lineup after that. So you said um, Mills, Amari Rogers, uh, what Chris Moore. No, Mills, Moore, Collins, Kelsey is who I have in there right now. So I got uh, Davis Mills, his two receivers that are 42, 4,300. Travis Kelsey on the bring back and a 2,700 defense. Okay. And then, wow. Okay. I mean, dude, I'm going crazy. Let's see. I mean, don't forget Rex Burkhead. 
You, I mean, you got all the money. You want Devontae Adams and Austin Eckler, Jamar Chase? Get them. You want, you want Josh Jacobs? You want A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry? You can afford it. Let me tell you. You could. We are too excited about this. It's going to fail. Don't, t- don't play yeah, it. No, no, no. I know. It totally is. It totally is. Um, okay, let's move on to uh, the best position in the game. Let's talk uh, tight end. Obviously, you can go the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Travis Kelsey. What about chig uh chig he's he's gonna be too high owned this week but uh chig from tennessee six targets and a touchdown he also had a rushing attempt but he's 3100 i think there are definitely worse punt plays there the other tight end i want to mention i know i just mentioned them all and then you're like you just mentioned them all but i'm gonna mention them all greg dulcich um going up against arizona i mean Play tight ends against Arizona has been kind of the move over the last few years. I don't think you can go wrong there. He's still under 4K. Um, he's uh, 3,600. And Evan Ingram, who just went insane last week, right? So if you don't like Joe's pick of Travis Etienne, I mean, run it back with Evan Ingram. Three touchdowns out of the last two games, 15 targets. And again, to me, this says, look at who's going up against Tennessee because not only are they a pass funnel, but obviously they, um, they I mean, dude, they must struggle, right, against uh, tight ends. Gerald Everett, would you consider playing him at uh, 4,300? If Tennessee really exposed that, uh, what do you think? Any takes, anything there that I just eat up too much? <laughs> tight end talk. I mean, as always, you uh, you named them I all. I do someone. love tight ends. Right. Every week's a double tight, tight end. end week for Brady. I, I should have played tight end. I could have done something, Joe. I could have been somebody. I don't think you have enough uh, heft to you there, buddy. Yeah, I don't have enough heft or speed or athletic ability you know most of the things you need but that's all right to play football that's fine um okay so uh anything you'd like to mention on uh tight ends that i haven't mentioned that i'm not thinking about yeah i mean i'm i'm probably playing the goat this week um definitely gonna be heavy on travis kelsey did play chig last week that felt good uh don't know that i'll be going back there but it is what it is um yeah i mean if (sighs) I mean, you could go Tyler Conklin if you want. You could go back to Evan Ingram, but who knows? I, I don't think he's putting up 40 for you again. That's for sure. Mm. I mean, it's unlikely. But the thing is, do you disagree with stay out of those mid-range guys because there's so many good cheap options? Either go with Kelsey or dip down below 4K into that Hunter Henry 3,300. Don't play Hunter right? Henry. Chig. Don't do it. Dude, Hunter Henry. Sucks. Yeah, kind I agree. Yeah. Okay. He's sucked since he but, left uh, the Chargers, I feel like. Yes. Yes. You're right. Um, Austin Hooper down there. Kate Otten, dude, at less than 3K, five targets the week before he had 10 targets. I mean, I'm gonna, for 3K, I'm gonna throw out a name. off fairly easy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the good thing about these tight ends. They're, they're cheap enough that they, they don't have to do a whole lot to get you where you need to go. Um, I'm going to throw out the name. This guy uh, had a few big weeks when his quarterback was healthy, and then he kind of fell off the map when his quarterback wasn't healthy. Well, his quarterback is healthy again. How do you like some Cole Komet? 
<laughs> okay. I mean, fine. But I just said stay away from those. I know. I know. And I was really um, agreeing with you. And then I saw Cole Komet just sitting there at 4K. And, uh, man, he, he's got a couple 20-point games. Like, What about this one? Dude, let me throw out Jordan Akins as part of your Houston stack. Here's another statistical analysis somebody needs to do. Do tight ends play better against the Chiefs? Because of Kelsey. I feel like a tight end gets on the field and sees Kelsey and he's like, oh, you, you, Google, you're Kelsey, and tries to show out. Is that complete narrative BS? No, I mean, I think I think all these guys got to where they are for a reason, and it's not because they're, like, just starstruck across the field. Like, they want to go prove not themselves. Starstruck, no, no, that's what I'm saying. Think- like, they want to go prove themselves and yes. it's widely considered that Travis Kelsey is the best in the league right now. So, I mean, I think there probably could be something to that. I mean, dude, you could, um, if you do that, you could, I mean, what are we doing? How Stack in Houston. Drunk. Let's go. Okay, let's wrap up by talking Chiefs and Texans. Um, the over-under is 50, well, 49.5 right now. Chiefs a 14-point favorite, which is wild. I'm going to go ahead and say the Chiefs don't cover. I'm going to say it. Chiefs don't cover. Um, I'm saying I'm taking the over and um, the Texans with the points, and I'm taking Chiefs money line. Um I mean, I don't know. I think the Chi- the Texans, after almost getting the Cowboys, all of a sudden think they are something, right? And they're, they're looking for a big win to save the season, to salvage anything on this season. Um, so I'm going uh, for the Texans to keep it close. And like Joe said earlier, seems like the Chiefs let off the gas pedal a little bit and they might let them sneak back in at the end. Joe? Listen, man, I'm stacking the Houston Texans this week and at least one lineup. The Houston Texans cover. The game goes over. Chiefs win. I'm all in. We're parlaying it. Let's run it. I can't wait, dude. If the Texans stack for the dub, let's go. This is like Brandon's over there making 42-leg parlays, and we're over here stacking uh, the Houston Texans. The worst team in the league. Yes. (laughs) Dude, if this isn't quintessential dumpster fire. Until it hits. When it hits, everybody's coming right back to our podcast. Yes, yes this is what you get, dude. Off the, We're going off the board. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, Brandon gets back. I don't even know what's going on with him. Uh, look for Sharky on a milk carton. Follow Joe, JKNKC, on Twitch, on uh, Twitter, all that fun stuff. We're Dumpster Sports. Uh, go ahead. Good luck this week. Thanks for listening. Go catch you a bag. Not going to do it, huh? No, man. You got the auto-tune and all that good stuff. Like, hit him with the auto-tune. Ludo, bro.